0: Welcome to the Gamesmith's Table Talk. This is a roundtable format discussion where I and my guests try to cover three tabletop roleplaying-related topics in 15 minutes. If you know anything about tabletop roleplayers, then you'll know that this is an ambitious goal. Let's head to the table. Welcome back to our Table Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Clayton the Gamesmith, and joining me are. I'm Franklin. I'm Cheryl. I'm Clark. Let's head to the table! The views and opinions of the panel are their own and do not reflect the views and opinions of any other individual company or organization. This podcast has been known to be opinionated. You have been warned. And we're back with part two of Backstories, Do They Matter?
1: How much is too much? And is there such a thing as too little backstory?
0: If your backstory fits on a fortune cookie, yes.
1: Well, for some people, that may be enough. Okay. <laughs> right? I mean, for some people, my my character, Bob, grew up in Wawa, and he has two parents, they're still alive, and he's an only child. And that may be enough for them, right? So, is that too little?
2: That's too little. For me, that's too little. (laughs) That's not (laughs) even a background. I would say that's a signal that the character, the player is looking to develop the character going forward. They're not really worried about where they come from, they're worried about who the character is going to become as they progress. So, yeah, for some people that could work. Um, It does put you in sort of a difficult place to begin with, though, because you don't have that, that footing, that grounding of who the character was before the adventure started. Uh, I do want to make a note, actually, that uh, if you if you know you're only playing a one-shot, you probably don't want to invest too much into your background because you're only going to be playing this character for a short time. There probably won't be time for all of your backstory to come out. Well, agreed. I would say the, long, the larger scale and the longer scale of the adventure that you're running, the more time it's worth investing into your backstory for that character.
0: I will agree with that. With a slight caveat. <laughs> for example, I've mentioned this character before. I created a gestalted uh, witch uh, character who I developed a elaborate backstory for who died at second level. And it was absolutely soul-crushing.
1: Third session.
0: <laughs> yes. I just Sorry. started.
1: <laughs> just started rolling.
0: Uh, and so I was pretty much it was really devastating uh to me that i had put all this time and energy into the character uh all all possible avenues of escape short of divine intervention basically meant that this character was done and it, it was legitimately heartbreaking for me i still smart over every time i talk about that character and so which kind of dovetails to something that i wanted to talk about that we can circle back around to uh, which is over-investment.
1: Yes, we'll get back to that <laughs> one. I want to finish off with this thought. Yes. Okay, so it seems to be that consensus is you can have a very short backstory if that doesn't mean a lot to you, your character going forward. You don't really want to uh, look backwards in your character. And it's really great for one-shots. How about too much? Franklin uh, mentioned one or two paragraphs, a short note here, short note there. Um, that's a fairly decent template. But I've done um, a wide variety of different depths of background. Uh, for my DC character, as I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, she had a family tree going back four generations. I had like physical props at the table, her passport, her driver's license. I knew what awards she'd won as a photographer and all this. But I st- there was still lots there for the various GMs that we had to play with her background. I mean, I knew the inciting incident in her character background when she was nine. They got her into the Sohei clan, but other and how it occurred, but how it developed from there, I left blank. So I feel that if you're going to go into a really in-depth background, don't lock yourself in. If there's some highlights that you really say to the, you know, this is important to my character, those are going to be the more fleshed out ones, and a good administrator is going to notice those.
0: And incorporate them into the story.
1: Right, because those are important to you. So what do you guys feel? You guys- mm-hmm.
3: I think that matches my experience perfectly because I did have a very fleshed out background. I had like a, a full full character write-up. But there were certain elements that were absolutely essential to the character that were kept moving forward in the campaign. And then other details that were just situational and didn't really matter. So it's
2: definitely good to keep that flexibility um, so that it is accessible to the GM. One point I do, I want to share, actually, having uh, based on an experience that I actually had, I was GMing for this group, and we had a player introduce a character very late into the campaign, and it, it was an interesting circumstance because the because the character was introduced at high levels, having pages and pages and pages and pages of backstory was entirely appropriate, because at the moment this character joined the group, all the other characters had been with the group since level one. And everything that had happened up till then, the entire campaign up to that point was part of their backstory. So this character was introduced, I think, at level ten, and the approach was these. You know, here's my fifteen pages of everything I've been doing since this character was level one. So it was written as the adventures they'd been on and the people they met along the way, to so that they had in, as much of a background as everyone else at the table. Um, so in a weird way, I would say the amount of uh, the, the amount of backstory that you want to provide generally increases with the <coughs> level of the character because there are definitely at the other end i've had characters that hand me huge write-ups of here's all the stuff i've been doing and it's like oh yeah so you walked across the continent and you fought this monster and you done that and you done that and you done that and you're still level two you say it creates a little bit of a contrivance if you're a low level player a low level character by definition you are kind of new at this yes and so that will color the kinds of experiences you're going to have if you want to have like Cheryl was talking about Really fleshed out story about your family history and things. That's awesome. But you yourself probably haven't done that much yet at this point in your career.
0: Yes, it's like, uh, when you're, uh, when you're a level one character and you're the leader of your clan and you're the greatest warrior in the history of the three nations surrounding you and you're blessed by the gods and all of these other, my family is rich beyond words and you have <laughs> all of these other contrivances. I, as the GM, are going to look at that and go, huh, why? You have nine hit points, right? Like, somebody with a crossbow will just end end you. (laughs) Why are you this? Why are you at the top? How about you're the third son of this guy? (laughs) Or the second daughter of this person? That would make more sense. That you, as to, I'm the inheritor of this, but I just haven't proven myself yet, would make more sense. Uh, because, you again, you're level one. Well, you want to keep your background flexible and, and open, because obviously the adventure's going to take you
3: places that you hadn't initially intended on going, right?
1: All right, so really there's no such thing as too much and too little. The the It seems to be the consensus is, is how flexible you allow yourself to be in it.
0: Which then kind of dovetails with my idea uh, of overinvestment. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so you had <coughs> mentioned earlier uh, in the previous podcast about how if you're rigid and you can't you won't allow change to the story to me that's an investment issue you're so heavily invested in the character that you actually don't want this character to be in the adventure that's what that says to me
1: yes you've already written history. i've his already past. written what happens yeah
0: i don't need to play anymore and that in my opinion as the gm take that rigid history and you know write it down and you know, sell it on eBay or something, because yeah. you're done. You, you don't need to participate this anymore. This is
2: certainly... Well, I'd say it's probably more common with players, just because there generally are more players than GMs. This is a trap that both players and GMs fall into. Uh, I can't count how many horror stories I've read on the internet of, you read this... Uh, a group is playing through this adventure, and the more you read it, you go, this GM really should have just written a novel yes. instead of an adventure. Then they could just tell the story that they want to tell without these pesky players getting in the way. Exactly. And that's, and that's that's fine. If you want to write a novel, more power to you. Go do it. Love to read it. But that's not what role-playing is about. It is, as Cheryl mentioned, collaborative storytelling.
0: Exactly. And particularly as a GM it is, and as a player, it is absolutely paramount to me that the people I'm playing with, because we've been playing together for a long time, and so when I introduce something at the table to, and I introduce it to one of Cheryl's characters I have no doubt that she's not going to take it, spit on it, throw it on the floor and go, this is a dumb idea and walk away from it. She will make it work within how her character, how she understands her character. And the same thing with you, uh, Franklin, we've been gaming long enough together that probably 70% of the time I can put something down and you'll pick it up and move with it. And you're just starting out with me, but you'll get there.
1: <laughs> yes. That is true. You have to also remember, this is indeed your character. If uh, the GM or another player introduces some background aspect that you don't feel fits your character, feel free to say that. Yeah. Um, if, if your administrator's worth his salt, he'll go, oh, okay, well, I had a really cool idea for that, but I see that you don't want to go there, then that's fine, we won't go there.
0: But GMs should be used to that anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, don't feel like you have to be flexible for the sake of flexibility if you truly feel that that is not what your character would have done.
0: But at the same time, over-rigidity is just as counterproductive.
1: Agreed.
0: So, continuing with this over-investment, I had mentioned earlier how I was very emotionally invested in the success of this character. Not because of where she had been in terms of her background, but because of the energy and the excitement that I had in her background, in how I wanted to play her. Because it was a gestalted character, and I was playing a witch as a PC for the first time, I was really excited about that. So she had grown up as a witch, and she wasn't. She didn't actually get her gestalted character class until her second level, <laughs> when her husband died, and suddenly his ghost becomes uh, attached to her and the this new psychic class uh, has been attached to her and she is able to use him as a force moving forward but then you yeah. got credit but then I got one shot it <laughs> and it all ended and I was it's just my investment was I could have simply rebranded the character and wrote another name on it and say this is so and so's sister and you know now the now the ghost warrior is this character and, and I could have done that but I was so invested in how I had set it up yes that it actually prevented me from playing that character
1: in any iteration in
0: any iteration
1: at the table I I was playing the older brother of this of Clayton's character yes yeah. and
0: what's the class. The second class. I keep forgetting what it is. Uh spiritualist. 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 <laughs> witch spiritualist. It was a witch spiritualist. Yes. yes. I couldn't remember the word spiritualist. I'm so, put that in here.
1: And so at the table, the rest of us, knowing how much Clayton had put into this character, we did suggest, oh, well, just make her a twin. And then you can just, you know, do Penelope's twin. Yes. And all this. Because the background for our family was just... Some names on a paper, really. And, I mean, it, w- it was so not fleshed out <laughs> that we both had different ideas of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> for that part of it, yes.
1: But because he was just so invested in this concept and this person, he just couldn't do it. But on the other hand, for me, as the brother, I've now got a background where my sister died in front of me. And I was unable to save her. So that changed my character in a, in a way that I wasn't prepared for. So it was very interesting. We still haven't told our parents in game that this had happened. So yeah, there is very much a danger when you do deep backgrounds of becoming too invested in that character so that you don't want that character to die. It also, in a way, hobbles the administrator. At least I feel that way, because, you know, you know how much time and effort this person has put into it, and then if something happens that this character then dies and you don't have the ability to resurrect them in a fantasy game, or death is just a permanent thing. That does hold you back a bit. Um, the other opposite side of the downside of character backgrounds is the one where you just don't care. Yeah. Touched earlier on um, how other people don't care about your backstory because you don't bring it out. Um, but there's also the one where you yourself don't care about your character's backstory. And that either comes from either um, you didn't put any effort into it, as in no backstory. I've seen pe- care, uh, people address this as, "Oh, my character has amnesia."
0: I love that one.
1: And mm. at our table, I'm always like, "No," <laughs> at the you know in the background with a high sign on. No, yeah, depending no, on the GM you've got, that's a
3: really
2: <laughs> dangerous choice.
1: Right? I believe
3: there's actually a Pathfinder AP where all the characters begin the story with amnesia. Strange, strange aeons. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of all the character or all the players that have invested a ton yeah. of time into a backstory
0: prior to. There's also a psychic archetype where you have amnesia. It's
2: really cool. Well, but at the
0: same time, if you were going to if you were going to sit down to play straight play strange aeons, their your GM should be telling you, "Hey, don't invest heavily into your background because you're not going to remember it."
1: But uh, if you do amnesia right, and everybody at the table is invested in that character's amnesia, then it can work. You can get some great stories out of it. Yes. Because it then becomes about discovering that person's past. Let's see, what other pitfalls of heavy investment or light investment? Let's just have one thing I
2: want to jump in, actually, on this. Uh, just for a very quick point. You mentioned um, Clayton's character's death having an impact on your character, and I just want to tie that back to what I was talking about earlier. You have to, I think kind of an important key is you have to remember that your character's backstory doesn't end the moment the campaign starts. It's not like there's the backstory that's separate from the character's life. When you finish the first session, what happened in that session is now part of your character's backstory. When you finish the second session, that's now part of the backstory. Story. The backstory is just what's happened up till this point. But that story has to continue forward. Yes. That was
1: well put.
0: I also wanted to touch on one thing that uh, Clark had said in our previous podcast. By having a good background that you, the player, are invested in, your character does not feel expendable. Yes, yes and
1: This is what I'm talking about. It's one of the... <clears throat> that... It's a plus and a minus.
0: That your <laughs> character's history actually matters to the game world... As a contributing force to it. And that if they're suddenly not there, or the history was different, that it would actually impact the game. Mm -hmm. You want to feel like your character has as much influence on the game world
3: as the game world has on your character.
0: Yes. And then you become invested in the gameplay. And you get much more enjoyment out of it when your backstory feeds the present story and vice versa. Absolutely. Well put.
1: Like one of our characters in our Reign of Winter campaign, Forward Story is about revenge from what happened in his backstory. Yes. And part of the Reign of Winter is is using Baba Yaga's hut to go through time and place and, and all this. So he has an opportunity to change his past. We literally got into a huge three hour debate when that option came up.
0: As to whether we should or not.
1: Because that changes the character totally. Yes. And would he even meet these people? So are are we removing this character from play now? Yeah. So yeah, it can be backstory can be interesting. It can it can really add flavor. Um, and be
0: very informative about what happens in the future.
1: Absolutely. We've run over time?
0: We are out of time. <laughs>
1: Um, I'd still like to talk a bit more about this, more towards the GMing aspect, because we've talked a lot about this from the player aspect, and we've touched places where the GM is is hitting on this.
0: All right. uh, We'll see you in the next podcast.
1: All right. We'll see you at the table.